0: Hello, as some of you may know, my cousin Andrew Roberts is a Flutie Fellow, which is a part of the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. This has inspired me to get involved with the Flutie Foundation, which helps people and families affected by autism live life to the fullest. If you're a football fan, like myself and Andrew, consider buying a Flutie Flakes Mix 12 pack for your next tailgate. All proceeds go to the Flutie Foundation, and the link to purchase is in the description of this episode. The annual Flutie 5K is on October 16th at Lookout Farm in Natick, Massachusetts. If you'd like to run to support this cause, the link to register is also in the description of this episode. Finally, if you would like to contribute to this cause directly, the link to donate to the Flutie Foundation is the first link in the description of this episode. Please help me and Andrew support this great cause. Thank you and enjoy the episode hello and welcome back to another episode of the master plan i'm your host michael filipkowski joining me here today for live well i guess live for me recorded for you from ithaca college andrew roberts andrew welcome back
1: yeah, good to be on the show again
0: yeah so as i mean as we all know this episode you know it is in, you know it's it's to be a lot of fun and you know we do have a purpose we're trying to raise some money we're trying to you know raise awareness spread awareness and so kind of we're doing we're we're kind of knocking two birds out here with one stone I think
1: yeah right Raising awareness both about autism and about some players in fantasy football who should be rostered
0: who aren't except except in our league i feel like most of these guys in our league are rostered
1: yeah but mostly
0: but in other leagues they may not be so that's why we're talking fantasy football waiver wire pickups um and now every player we're going to mention is only taken rostered in less than 25 percent of leagues so to put that in perspective Three quarters of leagues, these guys are available. More than that, actually, which is crazy. I mean, some of these guys are really good. So, I'm kind—I of, was kind of surprised by some of these names. Um, and there are some good names on this list that we have here, Andrew. Now, Andrew and I both have our individual lists. Um, so we'll be going through our favorite players that aren't rostered in uh, in these leagues. I mean, it's going to be a fun episode, I think. So, yeah. First, we'll start off with the quarterback position. And uh, the one quarterback that I really love, um, I have him as a backup in one of my other leagues, I believe. I love Matt Ryan. I think that Matt Ryan is such a good backup quarterback option slash low-end starter. He could be so good this year for the Colts. I I love what he's able to do with the football. I've always said that... You know, talent-wise, Matt Ryan has one of the best arms in the game. He's very smart and methodical. I mean, I think that people seriously underrate this Colts wide receiving core. Like, I think Michael Pittman is underrated. I think that Alec Pierce is criminally underrated, and we'll get to him a little bit later. And I just think that Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield and Naeem Hines out of the backfield are both such huge weapons that when you look at this cult team, yeah, maybe Matt Ryan isn't going to, you know, put up some, you know, crazy numbers. But considering you can probably not draft him and still get him, like this dude could probably be a very serviceable backup for, for a good portion of the season. Especially if you have a more injury risk, injury prone quarterback like this, this guy, Matt Ryan, I mean, he's going to play likely all 17 games a season. He's going to get you probably 20 points a game. Like, he doesn't run with the football, but he can sure throw it. And I think people are kind of overestimating the Jonathan Taylor effect. Like, Carson Wentz through 27 touchdowns last season, right? Like, I think Matt Ryan will probably throw just as many, if not more. I think that Matt people...
1: Ryan's better than Wentz. Right, and
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, how do we not get... That Matt Ryan is is more of a pass heavy quarterback than Carson Wentz, anyways. So I, I yeah. feel almost like the the Colts also don't have as difficult of a schedule. I feel like they're playing easier teams. The South has gotten much easier, right? Like I feel oh, like
1: yeah. Houston I defensive. Team, I don't think any team in that South besides the Colts is anywhere near playoff status. I mean the titans i could see it but just, right but even
0: they're defensively out. they're not that good and if you're like if you're yeah. looking at just taking matt ryan right matt ryan's not playing he doesn't have to play their offense he's playing their defense so i think that matt ryan yeah. he's gonna get six games against i would say weaker defenses oh uh,
1: yeah
0: i think bottom, he's a steal i mean he's only he's only taken in 18 percent of leagues so i mean that's crazy that's over 80 percent of leagues he's available in so that right there is a really telltale stat to me. Um, Andrew, who do you have as your as your uh, favorite quarterback waiver wire?
1: Now, before we get there, like I do want to mention, not quite as high on that, Ryan, as you are, but I do like him if I'm taking like a Trey Lance high upside starting quarterback. He's a great, solid backup. you know what you're getting with him. Now, if you're going to be taking a starter who's safer, like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, then you're gonna to look to this guy i had he was really good until he got hurt last year he had eye surgery back in 2020. yeah that's why he doesn't throw as many interceptions made a huge impact on his interception troubles well, back from 2019. i am talking about jamaeus winston and yeah he was a great fantasy quarterback all the way back in 2019 with the buccaneers he has almost as good of weapons here in 2022 with the saints you got michael thomas jarvis landry Chris. well i I mean
0: i sorry keep going and then i'll respond i don't want to
1: so i just don't see how he won't be productive this year already last year you were seeing improvement over who he was in tampa and now this year coming back from injury with stronger weapons stronger vision he's like in the best position to succeed he's been as a, as a, as in his entire career. So I think that has a lot of upside. There is some risk coming off the injury, and obviously there's some risk that the interception troubles return. But I think I, I have confidence that Jameis Winston is going to be at least a good streaming option and good backup fans.
0: Yeah, Jameis Winston, I mean, he's talented A, number one. We know he can throw the football. If Mike Thomas is healthy, I mean, that's a huge boost to the team. I think the biggest thing with him is injury concerns. But if he stays healthy, I mean, he's got, you know, again, six games against the the NFC South, which.
1: I mean, he got hurt like week seven last year. It, it, it's been a, like a good 10, 11 months since his injuries. So. Right.
0: He's definitely solid though. I feel like, you know, he's definitely another solid pickup. Like those two guys are, are two that you can look at. Now, you do have to consider who you who your starting quarterback is when you're picking them. Obviously, I think yeah. one's more high risk and the other's kind of more low risk. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, both very, very viable options, especially if you're a guy who's like, listen, 10 quarterbacks are off the board. I really don't like anyone else. So I'll just wait. I'll wait until the end of the draft and then – pick one of these. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: yeah, I, I actually I had one of my drafts where I did something like that. I picked them both and that's my quarterback. Here. Like
0: Yeah. It is smart. All right, on to the running backs. All right. I got two running backs that I really like, so does Andrew. The first one I really like, Tyler Allegier or Al- I don't know how to pronounce his last name exactly. However, I think that this guy could be potentially, a running back one, right? And here's why I say that. We all love Cordero Patterson. I think he's one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. However, is he going to be getting the same workload as a normal running back one? Like, maybe, I don't know. It's possible. But they didn't really use him in that way last year. Combine that with the fact that Cordero Patterson has a long long list of injuries, right, over his career, makes... Tyler Alagier is such a suitable backup for him. I mean, the guy could end up getting so much playing time. He's already making moves to, you know, kind of be the number one running back in the room. True number one running back. I mean, Cordell's obviously going to get a lot of touches, but at the same time, Alagier is like such a great backup option. And again, he's available in 82% of leagues. Like, this guy could be... Like, he, I think he's got, f- like, high end, he's probably, like, a good flex. And and that's crazy because you could probably get him in the 15th round in most leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a very solid option.
1: So here, here's my opposition to this. Generally, at least, like, at, like I'm a bit lower on running. I mean, obviously, there's a point where you do – need to take them if they're going to be getting the early down work but i'm a little skeptical about running backs that aren't catching passes and i think in a quarter on patterson i don't really consider a running back but he's a guy who is going to take up some carries and pretty much probably all of the receiving work out of the backfield so i think that's going to limit the upside of any Traditional running back in this Falcons offense. And I think it's probably going to start out as a committee, even if Alger takes over that role eventually. And even once he takes over, he's feeling like if he scores a touchdown, he'll have a good week. He'll be a valid flex play. But I think it'll be too touchdown dependent late in the season to be a reliable option on rosters. Now, um, you mind if I go ahead and talk about my first
0: Yeah, one? talk about your first one.
1: Yeah. So I have a guy. He is somewhat of a similar world, Alger, except it's more of a, it seems that he's like more solidified into some of that early down work. And he has a chance to catch some passes because he's in an offense where they they have a good pass catching back, but it's not going to be like every pass out of the backfield. Like Patterson, like Patterson gets like, what, like, I, I think he may have had like almost 100 targets last year. That's not what's gonna happen here i'm talking about khalil herbert so david montgomery he was actually returning kicks in the preseason like and a lot of times you don't really see number one running backs doing that so that makes me think that yeah montgomery is a good running back i think he's still gonna have a role in this backfield but there's concerns about his efficiency and i think the, the Bears saw last year what Khalil Herbert could do, and they're going to give him a role in this backfield. Right. I think Montgomery is probably going to be more of the receiving guy. Khalil Herbert won early downs, but it's going to be a little bit more of a balanced split than we see. Yeah, the honestly. Offense, yeah, I, I agree. I think makes Khalil Herbert a better value for a late-round pick. I have him in our league, but there's a lot of leagues who's still available. 13.7%. Only thirteen point seven percent of weeks he's on good. so it's kind of crazy though, because David
0: Montgomery's like he's good though. That's what's crazy to me. Like I mean,
1: he is good, but there there are a lot of situations where you can have two successful running backs and. I don't know if the Bears are necessarily the place for that, but at the same time, Yeah, their O-line it does, does suck. Seem like but Herbert's going to have some kind of role in this offense alongside Montgomery. It's going to be some sort of one-two punch. I don't know who the one and who the two is there, but the Bears seem to have almost as much trust in Herbert as they do in Montgomery. All
0: right, my second running back, a guy who I mean, he's got so much potential. I feel like he could be such a big hitter. Some weeks, it's gotta be Ronald Jones. I mean, I think that he fits into Kansas City like need-wise very well. Because to me, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is much more of a pass catching back than Ronald Jones. Like Ronald Jones is like a downhill runner, like he gets going sometimes. I mean, you can't stop him. Like, he if he finds a hole, he's gone. And I feel like That dimension to Kansas City's offense is something we'll see a lot more this year. Remember, Kansas City's got Joe Tooney, who's arguably one of the best guards in the NFL right now. They have a very solid offensive line, and they just lost their biggest wide receiver target in Tyreek Hill. So to me, that kind of spells, hey, we should you know at least try to incorporate the run game in a more traditional sense. At least try to do that. And I don't think you do that with Clyde Eversolaire. I think he's a part of it for sure. But I think you do that with Ronald Jones. I mean, you think about goal line runs. I mean, that's Ronald Jones. You think about short yardage runs. That's Ronald Jones. You think about first down run. I mean, I'd rather have Ronald Jones get him a nice hole, which you know you're going to have, and he'll pick up five yards for you. If you use him in limited action, I think he could be really successful at getting big gains. So, I think that Ronald Jones could end up being spectacular if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stays healthy. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a history of injuries. So, if he gets injured, Ronald Jones is the running back one in that room. And he's versatile enough where he can catch passes out of the backfield anyways. He's owned in 15% of leagues, 16% of leagues. I think he's an absolute steal. I love him. All
1: right. So, this generally... This Chiefs backfield to me, it looks like a mess. You have Edward Solaire, you have Edward Tiller there, you have Ronald Jones there. I mean that duo would be fine, but you're hearing things in camp that Jared McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco could have roles too. It it could end up being some kind of four-headed monster, but
0: We, we know this not gonna happen though. Yeah. Isaiah McKinnon it's- is like twenty fourteen. Like Rojo's the real deal.
1: If I'm betting on any back out of this backfield to take over everything. And like in these late rounds or on the waiver, are you shooting for upset? If I am betting on any of these backs to take over everything, it's not Ronald Jones. He's reportedly a cut candidate. It's Isaiah Pacheco because Andy Reid is talking about him. like he has talked about no other running back in years. Like, I don't think, like he compared him to Kareem Hunt. Like he's, I think he's under the impression that Pacheco has like the most upside of any Chiefs back since Kareem Hunt. I think they've like failed with Clyde Edwards-Alaire at having him be kind of a productive option in this backfield. Ronald Jones seems to have disappointed in camp and you do, you do acknowledge that McKinnon is like getting up there in years. I think if there's going to be a takeover in this backfield, none of these other names pop out to me, but Pacheco, even though he was a seventh round pick, we haven't really seen what he's capable of. I think like he's more of an unknown than these other guys. These other guys like been there, been there, done that. They haven't really impressed. Pacheco is kind of a. It's kind of the new toy in the for Andy Reid, and I think that could be something that allows him to have a prominent role in the backfield if he catches fire at any. That's
0: true, but I still like Rojo. I mean, it's Rojo. How can you not like Rojo? I mean, sure, he's... You can
1: like Rojo if it's like one or two backs in the backfield. But when you have the mess you have in Kansas City, that, that's when I steer quick.
0: So you're telling me I should drop Ronald Jones?
1: Honestly, I'm hesitant with any Chiefs pack for the first <laughs> one. It's the one, like, I don't think Miles Jones is going to completely take over this guy. Yeah, well, gonna, you know what? He's not a good pass catcher. At the most, he'll be in a 50-50. Well, spot.
0: the good thing is I have two running backs who are definitely better than him, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Rashad Penny and There's Jamal Williams. Shig- first, huh? Oh,
1: you're saying two bench runs
0: yeah, two bench running backs. I got, okay. I got Penny and Williams sitting on my bench. So,
1: so even if your starters get hurt, you put Penny and Williams in there. You don't need Brooke,
0: you Yeah, I still, I still don't need Brooke. I mean, it'd be nice, but, you know, yeah. anyways. All right, wide receivers. All right, my first wide receiver that I L-O-V-E, all caps, AJ Green. And specifically, I love AJ Green. How long is DHOP suspended? Six or eight weeks? it's
1: six weeks
0: yeah for the first six weeks of the season i think aj green will be spectacular so. remember remember back to last season what what happened when Hop was out who was the number one target aj green
1: you could argue christian Kirk. So but guess who's
0: could... but guess who's gone
1: christian kirk you have a direct replacement for Christian Kirk. Right, but it's
0: Marquise Brown. Brown. So. I think that Christian Kirk is better than Marquise Brown. Hollywood mm, Brown... I
1: don't know, they're on
0: par. Hollywood Brown throughout the course of his career has been a liability catching the football, which is a problem I mean, wow, when your entire I mean, job is to catch the football.
1: <laughs> he was good last year. He, he had two bad years, and then 2021, at least before Lamar Jackson was out, he was going absolutely crazy.
0: Here's my point, though. Schematically, him and Christian Kirk played the same position, though. Same type of position, right? Sure. So Christian Kirk wasn't catching, you know, a bunch of passes last yeah,
1: year. They were like 1A and 1B.
0: So here's what I think. I think AJ Green is that possession receiver, especially in those first six weeks, right? I think when you get into the end, when you get into the red zone, like you're looking for Zach Ertz and AJ Green. You're not looking for Hollywood Brown, right? So to me, the way I see it is it's like Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown play the same position, right? They're both deep threat wide receivers, blah, blah, blah. Except you can kind of do the the screen pass whatever with
1: um, Rondell Moore is kind of versatile.
0: Anyways, the point is, I think A.J. Green is in his first six weeks. I mean, if you look at him, he does have some pretty good weeks in him. And I think, you know, the Arizona offense, especially at the beginning of the season, they're really good. <laughs> they're really good at the beginning of the season. And he tends to have some big weeks. I feel like A.J. Green is so sucked now. Like, he had, he had a bunch of solid weeks last season. He definitely had some... Some absolute duds of weeks, right? He had, you know, under five points a bunch of times, but he put up 13, 16, 17, three straight weeks against Minnesota, Jacksonville, and the Rams. So three defenses in three completely different places. He put up 17 against the Rams. Like he does play very well against the Rams, whether D Hop is there or not. When D Hop isn't there, he plays well too. I think that AJ Green, he only caught three touchdown passes last season. I think he's going to catch more than that this season, right? I think, mm-hmm. especially again when AJ Green is or when uh, D Hop is gone, this guy is going to be big. So first six weeks, I think he could be stellar, and then you probably just drop him. But he's available in most leagues, yeah. so After it doesn't matter.
1: Six weeks, I am not a fan of AJ Green. And here's my problem: like, I, I mean, I could understand why you'd want him the first six weeks. My problem. Four of the first six games of the Cardinals, Kansas City, Vegas, the Rams, and the Eagles—those are four pretty difficult opponents. He's going to have to face Jalen Ramsey. He's going to have to face Darius Slay. There's going to be,
0: yeah. But I don't think they're going to put Jalen Ramsey on AJ Green though. You think they put him on Hollywood Pratt? I just don't think they put him on. I don't. I don't know. That they'd put him on AJ Green. I think that to them AJ Green is older and slower, so they don't really need to do much with well,
1: him. If well let's say he has a good week against like either the Chiefs or Raiders, then yeah, maybe they put Ramsey on. So I, I think maybe you get like two or three good weeks out of AJ Green out of these six. Like and then you drop. Him. So Who's your wide receiver? Yeah, I don't know. All right. So we have one that we're saving for the end that we both like, but I'm going to start with one of mine. So this is a guy in the Jets offense, like, it seems like Elijah Moore is going to be the number one there. But after that, everyone's saying, Oh, it's Garrett Wilson, it's Garrett Wilson. But Corey Davis is getting just as many targets. And I think as a whole, this Jets offense, at least once zach wilson returns i think this jets offense has the opportunity to take a huge leap this year i think like you have zach wilson going from his rookie year where he looked kind of like startled whatever he's gonna come back more experience i think he can sustain multiple things as, well as wide receivers right now and i would bet on corey davis over garrett wilson We've seen a lot of inconsistency out of wilson in camp he's been playing with the second team a little bit so corey davis is a guy that, like, I mean, Wilson's going in, like, what, the 10th round? Corey Davis is practically 3.4% three, 3. of leagues own. him. Every, everybody else he is wide open, available, like, pretty easy pickup who could have some good weeks here and there. And this Jets offense, I just think, is a completely different situation than it was a year ago, especially once Zach Wilson returns. And even Joe Flacco was – playing better than zach wilson listen joe flacco is a super bowl mvp
0: all right and the dude also arguably the best super bowl run of any quarterback of all time so i think he can still get it done all right yeah my second wide receiver that i l-o-v-e all caps isaiah mckenzie he's so good at so many different things i think he's boom bust to the moon but if he hits i mean this dude could be like watch out 20 points a week like he could be I don't that good
1: boom, bust is the way to describe it i think he's gonna be a lot more stable than people and than people are no
0: i'm stable. saying like he could either boom or bust over the course of the season you know yeah, what i'm saying but
1: i think he's he's in a role He's in the same role that Cole Beesman was the last couple of years. And that's like a solid 10 to 12 points per game every week. I don't don't see a complete bust. I don't see the big 20-point games unless there's injuries like there were last time he went crazy. But I could see a very consistent role for him. It looks like he's going to have the slot role over Jameson Crowder, who's like getting up there in age. So I think McKenzie is a good guy to have on the bench. So if someone goes down, you have a reliable fill-in plug-and-play flex any week. That's my take on the game. Absolutely.
0: All right, your second yeah. wide receiver.
1: Yeah. So my second would be K.J. Handler. Here's why. So the Broncos, even before Tim Patrick, unfortunately, tore his ACL earlier. This preseason. But even before Patrick went down, the Broncos were raving about Hammer in camp, and now he's going to have the chance to be in a starting wide receiver role. And I think Courtland Sutton's the clear number one here, but Jerry Judy, like, I've seen what he's done in these first two years. Like, unless he has some crazy year three breakout, I don't think he's as talented as people say. I think it's the fact that he was a first-round pick that's keeping his name relevant. I think it's very well possible that K.J. Hamler has as big a role as Jerry Judy in this office. And yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because like neither of them have really produced that much their first two seasons. But like just because Judy's a first-round pick, it doesn't make him any more likely than Hamler to have that third-year breakout. And I think really the, Judy succeeded so far on targets, but if Hamler gets more looks from Russell Wilson, he could just as easily have that break. And I think Sutton's going to be the big breakout guy. But Russell Wilson can, can sustain multiple fantasy relevant receivers. And I think there's a chance that Hamler's the second. You, have been, you had like Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle. I think Sutton can be that big number one guy. And then Hamler can have his big weeks here. And then like Lockett did. All
0: right. Our final wide receiver that, you know, of course we both love. Alec? pierce now andrew why do we love alec pierce
1: so this was a guy we we were talking about him on draft day i remember and we were saying like i hope this guy goes to the patriots because he was kind of overlooked coming out of cincinnati he was one of the best receivers in fcs but because of that or sorry not even fcs he was in the group of five but because he was in a non-power conference he was overlooked even though he was arguably a top five the to top ten receiver in college football last year. Now, he comes into Indianapolis, instant chemistry with Matt Ryan. I love Michael Pittman, but I don't see him having like an 160 target type of year. He's definitely going to be huge for fantasy, but some of those targets in that Colts offense with Matt Ryan throwing the ball all the time are going to go Alec Pierce's way. I think he's kind of, I think he's the clear-cut number two receiver in this offense, and... I think that means something. It's not just going to be the Pittman show and everybody else is irrelevant. I think Pierce is going to be kind of that that next guy who gets looks once if Pittman's in tight coverage. Yeah, Pierce is going to be Matt Ryan's escape plan. So I think that's a valuable role to a plus
0: i mean what we've heard out of out of out of the Colts yeah. camp is so positive about him like
1: and he's only owned an 11% of so like unfortunately in our sleeper league. Pick. but yeah yeah great sleeper pick in like pretty much any league and mm. you could get him off waivers like also so yeah
0: finally in the last 2 minutes our favorite tight end this is a co- uh, co- uh, collective pick Austin Hooper now, Andrew, break it down. Why do we love Austin Hoover?
1: So, last year in the Titans offense, you have A.J. Brown, you have Julio Jones. Is, it, it, there's been a complete overhaul the Titans receiver core. Robert Woods is going to have a role there, but he's coming off the ACL. Might start close. Traylon Burks has been awful in camp. He was meant to be the A.J. Brown replacement, but I don't think that's going.
0: To uh, excuse me. Traylon Burks is so good. He's going to be awesome, but continue.
1: Okay. All right. The point I'm getting at is that Austin Hooper, he was limited by the Browns offense. But if you remember when he was in Atlanta and actually getting a lot of targets, he was going crazy. And he could be, I would not be shocked if he opens the season as the number one target of this offense. If Woods and Burks are going to start slow, Austin Hooper could be the go-to guy for Ryan Tannehill early in the season. That could be a really valuable role. I think he's going to be a top 12 tight end. If you wait on tight end, I would pair him with somebody else, maybe a Cole Komet. Komet's owned in more leagues. Hooper, you can get basically either the last round of the draft or off waivers. He's like me,
0: only,
1: yeah, only 13%. I love him. I
0: I feel like he's a target share. People have to remember he has chemistry with Matt Ryan. He got his big, he got his big deal because of what he did with Matt Ryan. I mean, Osnuber could be like so good this he could finish the top 10 tight
1: end i think overall Uh, yeah i mean he's not with matt ryan anymore
0: ryan santa hill oh sorry sorry
1: yeah i think sorry close enough though is just as capable right they're very similar Yeah. yeah
0: yeah anyways very very good all right thank you to andrew please go visit the flutie foundation go donate go register for the 5k if you're in the area And thank you all for listening. And we'll be back soon with another fantasy football waiver wire edition. Thank you and have a great day.